HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. Hey, thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. This is Katie, HRN Executive Director, and I'm so excited to share with you our coverage from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. We are here live today at Charleston Wine and Food. Join us as we talk all things food. Come to Charleston, eat some seafood. Eat all of the seafood. Chicken fried chicken with chorizo steak and salsa verde mashed potatoes. So quintessentially like Southern fare at its finest. And have important conversations. We're also talking about professional women in restaurants and how underrepresented they are. People of color in restaurants and how they're not talked about. We get real with Food Network's Manit Chohan. Balance is BS. Uh, I, I, I was yeah. I was told that uh, I wasn't going to be bleeped out. And find out about raising sugarcane with Chef Sean Brock. It's like being Indiana Jones or something. You never know what you're going to find. You'll come away inspired by the power of food and the food scene in Charleston. Here's Dr. Jessica B. Harris. Food is constantly in flux. Food is always moving. Food is the only real lingua franca that we have that allows us to connect with other folks. So tune in to Heritage Radio Network on tour at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you get your podcasts. You can't go wrong. People are no longer the front line of hospitality and restaurants. The chatbots are coming on this episode of Tech Bytes. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. Today is Thursday, March 22nd, if you're listening in the future, and this is episode 131 of Tech Bites, the weekly show where we talk to innovators and influencers in the food tech space. And today we have one of my favorite types of shows where we have a new tech company, Timetable, pitching their wares to a restaurant group, Five Napkin Burger. I love these kinds of live pitch shows um, to see what kind of questions people ask for real-life applications and if it winds up in a sale or not. We'll see. But before we get to the timetable pitch, we will start the show like we always do, going around the shipping container talking about apps, apps we love, old favorites that have been living on 
perhaps the home screen for 10 years, or something new that you've just discovered. We will start off today with David Tattashore, our engineer and studio manager, who you've been on the road a bit. Yeah, as you heard in that promo at the top of the show, we were in Charleston a couple weekends ago. That was a lot of fun for the wine and food festival that they have every year. Um, Seems to just get better every year. Better with age, like a fine wine. Now, you can't see it because it's radio, but am I correct in understanding that you broadcast from a teepee? That is correct, yeah. Is Mm -hmm. it amazing? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a very intimate environment. We have couches and uh, you know people passing through all day long. You know, coming from the other exhibitions or or whatever you would call them. I actually <laughs> I, I unfortunately don't get a chance to wander around the festival too much because I'm there at our remote mission control all day. But uh, yeah, it's a really cool little space. I'm gonna have to get on that train to the TP next. You should. Year. We always have heritage radio hosts down there to do impromptu shows or or, or planned shows. So I feel like Charleston is a no tech place, but I guess there's tech everywhere. Yeah, there's actually a uh, newish radio station down there as well called F and B Radio. Right, it's um, out of a restaurant, correct? Yeah, it's it's um they don't serve food, I think, or they might have like some microwavable stuff maybe but um it's a bar that that the three of them uh are the sole employees of and that's where they broadcast their show out of that's cool and a microwave is tech the yeah, magical uh, yeah totally <laughs> it's like 50s tech exactly do you have an app for us this week uh yeah just something kind of boring uh boring <laughs> I mean, no, no security. No, no, no massive music file downloads. No, nothing exciting like that. No this hiding week. your browser history from the man. I mean, I'm always doing that, but I just don't always talk about it. Uh, <laughs> no, this week it's the Comedy Central app, which I use to watch uh, episodes of The Daily Show since I don't have cable. So um, perfect. So you can watch content without having cable because some of the broadcast apps, like NBC require you to input your cable provider or else you can't get to the content. Yeah, exactly. And this one doesn't. Is it the full show or just excerpts? Yeah, full show. Wow, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Yep. Coincidentally, tandemly, um, not an app, but The Daily Show, they launched a podcast. They launched what they're calling an ears version of The Daily Show, which I've been listening oh, to. I didn't know it's that. like about a 20-minute excerpt of the show. Um, typically, some of the you know, monologue, newsy stuff with Trevor Noah and then bits of the interview with the live guest. Oh, cool. Is there any additional content or it's just all taken from the the television episode? As far as I know, it's all taken from the television episode, but I don't watch the television episode, so it's hard for me to gauge. Hmm. But I I do like him quite a bit, Trevor Noah. Yeah, I think he's really good. I think he's doing a great job. Okay, Comedy Central app for free TV. Sitting next to me, joining us for his second appearance on Tech Bytes is Robert Guarino, who is the CEO and head coach of Five Napkin Burger. You might recognize his voice from episode 111, where we had another uh, restaurant tech pitch him. Robert, thank you for coming out. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Uh, you, were, you were a great guest. So Thank you. We're having you back again. Do you have an app that you like right now? Yeah, the first one that comes to mind, I mean, the way I use tech is all, uh, you know, like what excites me about tech is when it can help me with efficiency. So uh, the one that comes to mind I've been using a lot lately is called Calendly. So oh, are yes. you familiar? I am. So and I when can, you say efficiency, you mean efficiency at work? At work. Okay. I mean, you know, to, that's, 
that's the part that I really enjoy because especially with with my job I'm I'm not in one place and I'm running around and working all the time so the more efficient uh, I can get and 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 the way that tech helps me with that is really what I enjoy so Calendly allows me to send um, links to people to actually plan meetings or calls right into my calendar so you can avoid the back and forth of are you available the back and forth is excruciating and very time consuming very painful so I can send the link right into the calendar and they can they can schedule themselves right in it's a pretty it's it's a pretty good app I've actually tried it out a little bit myself to exactly the same thing to schedule the pre-show phone calls that I do with all the guests and you can set up uh, dates for the calendar, reoccurring time slots, describe them, add information to it about what it is, different types of things, and then people just schedule their own time, which is very helpful. Are you using the free version or one of the paid versions? I, I am in paid now because I, I, f- I forget what you what you get by paying. I think you, you're allowed more different types of, of invites. I think you're only allowed one type of invite with the free. For free, mm-hmm. which probably would work for most, and I could probably get by, but I like to have you know 15-minute phone calls, 30-minute meetings, 30-minute calls. You know, available mostly to my team, but I will do it with you know with uh, you know people outside of the organization as well. Great, that's one of those good efficiency ones that we always love to hear about. Joining us today from Timetable uh, is Giuliano Sinise. He is the CEO and founder. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. Do you have an app that you like right now? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, piggybacking off of um, uh, what was just previously said about Comedy Central. Uh, YouTube TV, it's uh, it's great. I mean, you pay thirty dollars a month, you get all the channels that you would usually get on cable. So you like YouTube TV versus like Amazon TV or any yeah. of the other things that are happening now? Yeah, I think YouTube TV is probably the leading platform for uh, uh, streaming cable, essentially. Okay, and you can get that app on your phone. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's also, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Apple, so I have it for the Apple TV. Um, for anything that you require to sign in, like Fox or, or ABC, um, it's like that. You just sign in with that instead of a cable provider. So Okay. Cutting the cord, as it were. Lots of people without cable in on the show today. Joining us on the phone is Jonas Mizaus uh, I'm not gonna say his name correctly. Me out <laughs> Jonas, say your last name for us. Hello? Hi, Jennifer. Jonas Myauskas. Thank you very much. If you see it written, there's a lot of vowels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of my stumbling points sometimes, pronouncing people's names correctly, which I think is important. Jonas is joining us on the phone from Washington, D.C. He got snowed out yesterday and couldn't make it to New York. Jonas, do you have an app that you like right now? Yeah, I think my favorite is, I would say, Spotify. Um, it's this new technology for music streaming and I, I think that the service just provides a great way to get access to music and it also offers a great service to actually find new music too um, and I know a lot of my generation and a lot of my friends have it and um, it's become very popular. So what is your generation Jonas? I'm 21 years old, so there's obviously discrepancies on whether I'm a millennial or a Gen Z. I would honestly consider myself a uh, millennial. Um, so those type of 
that generation of people is very the tech application market and using Spotify big. Well, I think you are probably the youngest CFO that we've had on the show so far in 131 <laughs> episodes. <coughs> we nice. also love Spotify because Spotify recently picked up the entire line of Heritage Radio Network podcasts. So you can find us on Spotify as well, not just a great place for music, but a great place for podcasts also. My app this week is called Insight Timer. And, you know, it's nice to take a break. It's nice to meditate. It's nice to listen to soothing music. Um, it's nice to have a regular practice and do those things every day. We get a lot of shout outs for Headspace, which is great, but it's also a subscription app. And Insight Timer is free. It's pretty interesting. It's actually a pretty large database of, <coughs> excuse me, different types of meditations, different personalities, different types of music. You can log on, create a free account, and it keeps track of what you're interested in. There's guided meditations, and it also has just a timer that you can set to meditate with the calling of the bell and things like that. So it's pretty cool. Um, if you are interested in meditating and just trying it out and you know are looking for something free both for android and apple insight timer so again as i said at the top of the show one of my favorite kinds of shows when we have a tech company come on and pitch an actual restaurant so many times when we look at new technology, it's really easy to see why consumers and end users would like it. It's really easy to see how people would like convenience and uh, discounts and content. And all those things are wonderful. But at the end of the day, you need restaurants and people to provide that content and the service for the application, otherwise there's nothing to sell. So chatbots are one of the 2018 trends that we've been looking at here at TechBytes. It's particularly uh, relevant, I think, today with all the different news stories that are happening around bots and AI and the different messaging platforms. So it seems relevant not just in its growing usage um, online for companies, everything from travel to hospitality to banking and buying movie tickets, um, but also just for the slightly nefarious uses also. <laughs> so maybe it's something that we need to understand a little bit more about. So Timetable is a relatively new company, and they do um, waiting list management and use the Facebook Messenger platform. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let... Giuliano and Jonas uh, talk about their company and describe it in their own words for Robert. And um, I will let them, you know, have the discussion as to what it is and how it could potentially benefit Robert's business. So, Giuliano, tell us about Timetable. Yeah, so um, Timetable is essentially waitlist management. That's all we do. We're not trying to do reservations. All we're trying to target is your walking customers. Um, Currently, the biggest leak in, in any restaurant is the walk-in conversions. It's, it's how you sell a customer walking into your restaurant that has never been there before or has been there before but has not made a reservation. It's you have to sell them to sit at your table. Uh, so currently, there are a couple of other systems that do waitlist management. 
but they're outdated. They're, they're simply outdated. Either they give you a big buzzer that will light green when your table is ready, or they will send you a text message, which is not accurate with the wait time, or you download an app, which you, know, you have to sign up, you have to give your phone number, you have to do all, this, all these steps, which are just barriers to entry. What we do is we piggyback off of the Facebook Messenger platform, and we've created a chatbot, which does that all for you. And you can get the wait time within 10 seconds and get yourself on the wait list within 30 seconds of looking at the restaurant you want to go to. Um, we induce efficiency and we, uh, we, we try and target millennials, people of our age. We don't try and target people that want to get, make a reservation for Friday night. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to get the people that are spontaneous, sitting in a group of five people, wanting to go to a restaurant, not have, wanting to call six different restaurants, asking for the wait time, and then having to show up in the restaurant, stand there for 50 minutes while uh, waiting for a table. Okay. Uh, that, that definitely sounds interesting. It sounds like a, a challenge that I have, just, just for a little background. I mean, we, we are predominantly a walk-in restaurant in, in, our, in our stores. We do take reservations, but we always have... Um, uh, wait list uh, available and you know guests can always walk in and get on the wait list so I, I hear what you're saying I'm a little confused about how it works if you can explain a little bit about the process and and I guess specifically are you, you're targeting people who are not yet in the restaurant yeah because we also have a wait list function when people are at the door that that we manage but you're talking about people who are five blocks away or two blocks away or, or, or 20 blocks away getting on the wait list before they arrive is that is that right yeah Okay, so how does that work? So we do through Facebook Messenger, which essentially uses your Facebook profile. Everyone who has a Facebook account has Facebook Messenger. So how that works is that if you want to go to a restaurant and you know already which one, you can just simply type in uh, the name of the restaurant uh, to our bot on Facebook Messenger and it will pop up the wait time for that restaurant. Then you can choose to join the wait list or search for more restaurants if the wait time is too long for you. Um, now, I know that the issue of that is, is people, no-shows. No-shows are the biggest issue for, for that kind of system. So what we've developed is a trust-level system where it rates uh, how trustworthy you are based on your usage of timetable, based on your profile, based on uh, mutual friends who have used timetable, uh, and we've created a striking system. So if there's a no-show, they get a strike, three strikes, you're out. You can't use timetable anymore. So it creates a trust uh, on both ends, where we guarantee that the people who say they will want to be on the wait list are going to show up in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So so your users start their search at timetable? Yeah. Okay, and now can, can restaurants that are working with you have a link from their website to dump them into timetable? Yeah. Okay, so the, the same concept. So they either go to my website or they, or they, start, at, uh, they start at your website. Exactly. And, and, or app and, and move forward. Yeah. Uh, once they make the wait list, so somebody, one of your users comes in, wants to get on my wait list, how does that get communicated with the restaurant? So we have a really uh, beautiful web panel for the restaurants to go on. They can either go on it directly from the messenger bot uh, or they can download our app. Uh, and then they can see intricate statistics on how the night's performing, what are busy hours. Um, and they don't have to log in, create an account. They just put in their restaurant code, which we give them specifically. Um, and then they can view the wait list. They can view who's on the wait list, who, may, who came first. Uh, they can view who's currently seated, how long they've been seated, uh, and recurring customers. Got it. Do you, do you integrate with any of the table management software that's out there? Or? 
So we are currently developing an API for OpenTable so that we can link into that system uh, and be even more efficient than we currently are. Because currently we calculate the wait time with our own proprietary algorithm. Uh, but what we would like to do is transfer that into uh, an OpenTable API where we can then calculate the wait time automatically through that API rather than our current algorithm. Okay, so right now your algorithm is, is, is computing wait time without any visibility into, into what's actually happening in the restaurant? No, uh, so what, what's happening right now is that it's functioning on predecessing data. So it needs data in order to calculate what the wait time is going to be, and then it makes an estimate from that from which it will then uh, show the wait time. So a hostess will have to put in the wait time manually for a couple of days. From that, our computer thinks, okay, so this has been the pattern for the last couple of days. Uh, based on this, the estimate will be uh, X amount of minutes for the wait time. And that system has been uh, proven to be 22% more accurate than current wait times done by hostesses themselves on the back of their hand. Sure, okay, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to just jump in. Yeah. What happens when you have a fluke event like in New York City yesterday where we had a solid 18 hours of snow almost? And I'm sure the wait times in all of your restaurants yesterday during the snowstorm were probably very different from what they are on a typical Wednesday night. No, for sure. Some of them, some of them were longer, some of them were shorter, depending on the neighborhood. And so there, there is a good amount of change that, that happens. Is there a way to account for that type of, um, you know, occurrence? Or would people be getting the average and then perhaps show up to the restaurant and see something that's very, very different? Um, no. So what happens in those situations, those are random variables that, that we can't control, that computers can control, that no one can control. What happens in those situations, we recommend that the hostess takes over and updates the wait time manually. Ah, so there's a manual override or insert that you can have. Yeah, the host is simply has to type three words, and that's that, that does it, and she can update it manually. Uh, even when our computer is calculating it for you, if you wish to have the hostess take over, you can still do that. Okay. Honestly, Jennifer, I wouldn't worry about that too much, because I don't believe they'd be sending me that many reservations, that many people to the wait list. If it's one or two parties, it's always something we could juggle. If they were sending me 20 parties at, at 7 o'clock, you know, it might be a little bit harder. But, you know, one or two, we, we always have a little room to, to work into the, into the list or, or certainly have their table ready in five or ten minutes after arrival. I think my thought process always goes to sort of the extreme scenario to find out what happens there. Sure. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, as soon as you're integrated with OpenTable, then, you know, then you have data. Uh, and, it, and it becomes even that much more powerful, and you know, presumably the, the the user growth would grow at the same time. So, so by the time it's a significant number of of people coming through the waitlist, hopefully that integration would be there because I think that is important. Yeah, our, our timeline for that integration is about one to two months. Um, it just takes time to develop that because we are the first ones to develop this system on on Messenger. Um, I mean, there's been other apps that have tried doing it, like No Wait and Cake, but they lack the uh, the reachability of users that, that we have through Facebook. Are you concerned at all about what's happening right now with Facebook? No. You don't think people are going to leave Facebook? No, they're never going to leave Facebook. They're never going to leave Facebook. Never is a long time horizon. <laughs> well, it, Facebook does make it extremely difficult to actually delete your account. Right. You can sort of suspend it and have it not be there. You can delete the app from your phone. 
but it's very difficult to actually make that account disappear. And then I think even if the account disappears, I'm sure it just lives forever inside Facebook somewhere. That's very scary. It is. It is. Um, I'm waiting for you to ask the, the big question. The economics? Is that the one? Yeah, so obviously, the, you know, the service sounds great. Um, the question, you know, I'd certainly like to hear your pay model and, and how, how that works. Jonas, tell them how much um, timetable costs. It's actually pretty cheap. It's nine ninety nine per month um, for access to the network. So it's a subs- subscription-based fee. So nine ninety nine per month per store, and that's for an unlimited number of, of uh, waitlist entries? Yeah, that's correct. So on your website, it says it's free. So that's actually for the first hundred restaurants uh, that we kind of capture is enabling them, having, giving them the ability to actually use a network and see it and um, acting as the first movers for the other restaurants that join later on. But after the first hundred, it's nine ninety nine per month. Have you hit 100 yet? We've very, I mean, we're close. Um, not necessarily yet. So there's still a that's few. Our goal. There's still a few free slots. Okay. Yeah, there's still a few. That's good to know. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for that piece because that makes something that <laughs> completely changes the point of view about whether you would give something a chance or not, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But but with that said, nine ninety nine is a is a reasonable number as long as it. You know, I was concerned that it would be per. It'd be some type of per cover charge, which you know is, is certainly a different a different economic model. Well, one thing that isn't free is Heritage Radio Network. We are a five hundred one c three nonprofit. We are funded entirely by our sponsors, underwriters, grants, and members. It's how we keep the lights on and the mics hot. And right now we are going to take a quick break to hear from who our amazing underwriter is for this episode. Stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. From papayas and samosas to reishi mushrooms, if it's something that sounds delicious, chances are you'll find the freshest, best version of it at Whole Foods Market. They have more than 400 stores across the country, so if you consider pizza its own food group or just can't imagine when avocado toast wasn't a thing, Whole Foods Market has you covered. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store near you. Whole Foods Market. Whatever makes you whole. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. Are you a founder of a food tech business and think you have a great story to share? Get in touch with us. We are very interactive. 
even if you have an app that you want to share, something we should call out, perhaps an event to promote in real life. Get in touch at TechBytesHRN across social media or email at us email us techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. We would love to hear from you. Today, we are having one of my favorite kind of shows, which is a pitch show. We have Giuliano Sinise, the CEO and founder of Timetable, which is a waitlist management chatbot for restaurants. Joining us on the phone is his CFO, Jonas Miauskas. Miauskas? Is that correct? Myauskis. Myauskis. And our restaurant focus group of one is Robert Guarino. He is the CEO and head coach of Five Napkin Burger. You can find them at Five Napkin Burger. That's the number five, not spelled out. And if you want to check them out online, they are number5napkinburger.com. So we were just talking about pricing. Currently, um, if you get in under the wire as one of the first hundred restaurants, the service is free. After that, it's a subscription-based nine ninety-nine a month for all yep, restaurants. Yeah, regardless of how many outlets you have. Yeah, and it depends on. Uh, so usually, we're live only in New York right now. Uh, in the future, we may change our pricing model depending on chains. Um, but as it stands right now, nine ninety nine a month. So, Robert, what about the chatbots has been of interest to you when um, we were first ta- first going back and forth about you coming on the show? You said that it was something that you were looking into right now. Yeah, sure. Um, so the the companies that I've been talking to so far are 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 using bots from our website to answer uh, you know questions for guests, and so that was very intriguing to me because. Anytime tech can replace something that we need to do, you know, and not that I want to replace it, but if tech can actually do it better, you know, the, you know, the challenge with us answering the phone in the restaurant is that we answer it at the front door. We answer it with the music blaring, hopefully a couple of people in front of the host. Our training materials say the, per, you know, the guest in front of you is your first priority. So by definition, someone who calls in on the phone is, is, is you know, gets in the second priority. So it, How many calls do you get? Less and less, you know, that, that, that's the other thing which makes How many it, of them are for delivery? Um, well, most of the delivery happens online now. I mean, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't actually take delivery orders over the phone because uh, it's, it's, it's all third party. So you still have reservation requests and predomin- it's either reser- reservation requests, information, uh, and then also sales calls, which, you know, which obviously we need to push to the side, um, so, you know, during service. But the informational stuff, you know, in theory could be done better by a bot. Um, I, now I'm not sure how many informational questions you can't get by, by, you know, typing six words into, into a, into a browser nowadays, you know, whether it's hours or location or any of that stuff, you know, there was, yeah, I've been in this long enough that people used to call to find out where there was parking and you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And so, so I'll still come across, you know, uh, training manuals that have, you know, uh, you know, cab service phone numbers and things like that in them. And obviously all it's of charming. that is, yeah, it's, it, it, it's it is very, very charming. charming, but obviously all of that is, is no longer necessary. I am desperately looking for the past two and a half years since I started the show for a restaurant that still does phone call reservations and writes in the book. Oh, on paper in a book? On paper in a book. You know, the reservation book, yes. the big book, it's probably yes. pencil. 
It's got all the notes in it. Yes. No online. There, there has to be a holdout somewhere that's doing it really old school. So if you're out there, if you are the frequent patron of a restaurant that you call on the phone to make a reservation and their reservation is a big reservation book, I might please get in touch. Or if you're a restaurant owner who does that, or if you're a publicist who reps a restaurant that does that, give I, me a shout. Because I would love to hear somebody who is holding back the hands of time in their restaurant. I think I have one. Really? We, we opened a comedy club in October called the West Side Comedy Club. It's underneath Playa Betty's on 75th and Amsterdam. And right now, I think we you can make a reservation online, but when it comes in by email, they're still penciling in the book. No, no, I want no online reservations, just phone call oh, to the book. Oh, it doesn't count? Only phone call? Phone uh, call to the book. No, it doesn't count. Nothing work. online. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. pretty sure I have one. Really? Uh, it's, in, it's in Edgewater, New Jersey, though. Okay, that's okay. It's called the River Palm Terrace. River Palm Terrace, I'm making a note. We're going to find out. Okay, so I, I digress slightly. Okay. <laughs> so chatbots are becoming more and more prevalent you know, anytime you go online to order something, a catalog, a bank, a travel company, booking a flight, um, do you think that it's just the next turn of the wheel in terms of what users are going to expect? I think so. I mean, as, as long as, you know, the technology seems to, seems to function and, you know, once the technology functions and, and fills the need, you know, why not? It's, you know, it's, it's certainly much, much easier and better for the user uh, than, than, than speaking to somebody on the phone. So in that context, it seems like it has to grow. Are you interested in segmenting your bots? Are you looking for one thing that's going to turn key everything? Because this is a very specific model. It's specifically made for one demographic and to do one thing. Right. So that's, that is a little concerning. And I, you know, I, like I said, the ones I've been talking to so far are more about information than, than so far wait list. And I, you know, I like to be an early adopter, but it's, it's difficult to adopt a new technology that might not have the users behind it initially. As from what it sounds like, I'll need to keep an iPad on the desk running side by side with open table. Uh, and if we're only getting a few waitlist entries per week, you know, there's there's a higher chance that we may drop one. Uh, you know, we might not notice it. They're not. They won't see it. There's you know a limited amount of real physical real estate at the host desk. Um, so without full integration, there's there's a couple of points of failure there, which would which would make me nervous. Um, and so when you talk about adding more, you know, more than one bot to 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 fulfill different needs, I don't necessarily know how the tech part of that works. But if if it you know as as long as you know, I, I, you know, tech-wise, everything is about making the guest experience better from, from the restaurant perspective. So it doesn't help to put any tech in that, you know, potentially is going to make their experience worse. Um, and so that's what I would be, you know, most concerned about. Yeah, I mean, you know, we do have the user base already growing. We have around 12,000 followers on Instagram. We have you know, 3,000 likes on, it, on Facebook, which predominantly are New York-based. So we have a, a user base already growing interest towards it. And I mean, as soon as we uh, officially get out there, uh, once everything is done, com considering the AI development, um, millennials will adapt because they look for instant gratification. The age of open table, it's slowly dying out. People don't want to make reservations. People don't plan ahead. People don't have the time to plan ahead, especially people of my age, people that are in college. They don't have the time to plan ahead. If they work three jobs to make ends meet to live in New York, they're not going to have time to plan ahead to go out to dinner. If they're sitting around in a group of friends, they want to be quick. They want to, they want to go to a restaurant without having to call seven places uh, and 
essentially waste 15 to 20 minutes on doing that. Well, just, just to push back on that a little, um, I mean, my first, I mean, the, the way I use OpenTable is, is specifically for, as a user, is specifically for last minute reservations. So I'll leave work at 8.30 or 9 o'clock and I want to know who has a table at 9.30 and I'll type in 9.30 and, and start my search that way and, and see who is available because I don't want to call anyone at that hour. You know, I, I probably don't want to get on anybody's wait list. I want to know where I'm going in 10 minutes and, and head there. Um, and OpenTable, you know, uh, is, uh, you know, is, is the 800 pound gorilla in the market, but you know, my reservation volume is, is, is still growing. You know, it's been, it's been growing with OpenTable for, you know, for 10 years. Uh, so it's not dead. To be fair though, you are just a touch outside of the millennial demographic. Yes. Yes. So for sure. you're speaking to a specific demographic. Yeah, I'm speaking to the demographic of 18 to 27, really. And from your point of view, being within that demographic yourself, you don't think people are using OpenTable? Um, from what I know personally, from, from the many, essentially thousands of people that I've, that I've questioned about this, they don't. They use it um, if they want to have an event planned, if they want to go out for a birthday dinner or, or something along those lines. But in reality, most millennials are, are really spontaneous when it comes to eating. Uh, they sit in a friend group, they think, what, what do we all want to eat? And then they go from there. What's the primary demographic of your restaurants? Well, when you look at our, um, our online traffic, it's, it's 25 to 35 mm -hmm. is, is our main. And, that's, and when you look at credit card data, that's about the same. So we're, we don't, uh, you know, the 18 to, to 21 is a little bit lower, but 25 to 35 is, is our strongest market. And then uh, from there, 35 to 45 is, is the second. Does that age demographic play into your consideration set when you're looking at new pieces of technology? Do you look around the dining room and say, wow, we need more under 30s in this room. Let me think about how how to get them here. Yeah, no, always, you know, and with, with, with Five Napkin Burger and also with the other brands I'm involved with. I mean, you, you know, nowadays you need to market differently to different segments of the market at the same time. Uh, and you also need to have tech that's available for different segments at the same time. Um, so, uh, so yes, I guess that'd be the, the full answer. Okay. So tell us a little bit, is, is that why you created Timetable to sort of create something for yourselves, your demographic, your friends? I just, I, okay, so the way it happened is I went to a pancake house and they handed me this, this giant buzzer. And I just thought there has to be a better way of doing this. And it, there has to be. There has to be a more efficient way of doing it rather than download, even downloading an app. It's not efficient enough. It has to be quicker. It has to be within 15 seconds. I know what the wait time is. I'm on the wait list and I can be there five minutes before my table is supposed to be ready. So that's where it came from. It came from uh, a vision of inefficiency, the way the rest of the market currently handles walk-ins. So it's just fascinating. So another interesting point is that everyone who is at your company right now are all millennials. Yeah. And Jonas, you're actually on the phone from Washington, D.C., where you're in college, right? Yep, that's correct. So this is your side hustle to school. Yeah. <laughs> I think going, going off with what Juliana said for why, it's kind of why we created this, I think a lot of this is the queuing inefficiency or this inability to really capture walk-ins 
obviously restaurants can lose business. They lose about 12% business. But because of this inefficiency, diners like me and you are the ones that kind of take on this repercussion. And we're always the one that have to wait an additional 20 minutes or an additional 30 minutes. And that, that just hurts the dining experience. And we've experienced it. I've experienced it plenty of times where I go to a restaurant and they tell me 20 minutes and it ends up being an hour. And I'm wasting 40 additional minutes when I could be doing other things. And that's kind of what we're selling on is showing them that you can have more time to do whatever you want to do, hang out with friends, go to more social events, and worry less about waiting. Less waiting equals more eating is our motto. And that's kind of what we live up uh, with. Less waiting equals more eating. That sounds pretty good to me. Kind of, but I like people to wait and be drinking at the bar. <laughs> That's well, you're not doing that with the 18 to 21 crowd. No, 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 of course. But the, uh, you know, 21 to 24, I'd like them at the bar with an adult beverage. <laughs> but it is true, though. Um, how often do you think people, you know, experience a much, much longer wait time? Do you, is, that, is that an accurate figure? You have 12% lost business of people who walk out because of disconnect with anticipated wait times and actual wait times? Um, I, I, would, I would say it's probably 12% who don't like any quote time. So if, so if there's a wait and someone you know, doesn't want to wait 15 or 20 minutes or, or 30 minutes, they leave. I think that's probably a, a, a about right. Um, I, you know, I push back the other way. I think it's, it's much more common to overquote than to underquote. I mean, if you think about it from the perspective of a host, they don't want angry people. Somebody walks in, they're very happy to say 45 minutes and then seat them in 10. And so I do that all the time when I go to restaurants with wait lists and I, I will always scan the dining room and you know, listen to the quote of an hour and then look at my wife and say it's 30 minutes. Uh, and and you know, generally I'm, I'm, more, I'm closer, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a different challenge. Well, and I would also say to the flip side of perhaps generationally people not making reservations, there's also increasing numbers of restaurants that don't take reservations where managing reservations and no-shows and things like that have become such an onerous and potentially um, money-losing proposition. There are a lot of restaurants that don't take reservations anymore, and you get that giant buzzer, and they look at you with a straight face and tell you it's going to be an hour and a half. And I just, I, <laughs> I, what do you say to that? I mean, you know, what you think in your mind and what you say is, you know, like, no thanks. I would love to walk into a restaurant and know what the wait time is if it's a place that doesn't take reservations, but it's almost impossible to get a person on the phone to at the restaurant to ask them. So you're kind of caught in this vicious loop of restaurants that don't take reservations. They're popular. You don't know what the wait time is. You want to get there, all of that. That's something that I've certainly encountered, and I'm probably on the north of the millennial uh, age line. But the other thing also is I would give... Like anything from a 10 to 15 minute wait generally is okay by me because it would take me at least that long to get to the next restaurant or place I want to go to. So my logic is if they tell me it's going to be a 10 or 15 minute wait, I would rather just stand there and wait, maybe have that adult beverage at the bar, because it's going to take me 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes to get to the next place to then be told it's a 10 or a 15 minute wait and then I'm in a 45 minute, you know, holding time 
from actually sitting down. So I think 10 to 15 minutes in a city like New York is, is okay, and it makes it worth my while to stay at the place. If I knew that something... I went out to Brooklyn to go to one of the amazing pizza places once and, you know, took the subways and walked and all that and then got there and they literally told me it was going to be an hour and a half wait. And I was incredulous and I said, okay, well, maybe I'll just order a pizza to go. And they said, yeah, that's going to be an hour wait also to get something to go. And I think at that point I said, fuck off and like <laughs> walked back. And it's like amazing that a restaurant can say, yeah, it's going to be a two hour wait. Well, it's all about demand. And oh. this really is a different challenge for every single brand, every location, every, you know. You I know. would have never taken the subway to Brooklyn if I'd known it was an hour for delivery and two hours for the pizza. But after all that travel, you didn't want to wait? I did not. I, yeah. I didn't want to wait for two hours. We walked down the street to a different place and had amazing fried chicken and biscuits on no wait and sat outside and drank rosé. So it was spectacular. So it was fine. It was also a, perhaps a discovery of a new restaurant. So I, we are out of time. Um, it always goes by very quickly. I tell guests it'll go by in a flash, and it always does. At the end of our episodes, we are promoting in-real-life events. So, you know, you can get out there and meet people and experience things. Food tech, ultimately, is technology that takes you to a great, delicious experience. Today... Uh, we have some really fun events. What are you doing tomorrow? Every Friday, there's an event called Lean Coffee. You can go to meetup.com and search for Lean Coffee. It is a gathering of how to run a lean practice in your business. They do them every Friday. It's kind of fun in different locations also. So Meetup, Lean Coffee. There's one uh, Friday mornings in Chelsea. And looking a little bit to the future, if you are interested in our 2018 show on one of the new trends, which is seaweed, if that kind of sparked your curiosity. Food Tech Connect is having an event at Kickstarter headquarters in Brooklyn on April 18th. It is called The Future of Seafood. And one of our Tech Bytes guests, the group from Akua, which is a really interesting seaweed company, will be one of the speakers. Daniel Gould, who's the founder of Food Tech Connect, um, has also been a frequent guest on Tech Byte. She has a great point of view and is extremely well informed. They put on great events. Um, look out on our social media for details about all of these events. You can find us at Tech Bytes HRN on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I would like to thank Giuliano, Sinise, and Jonas Miauskas from timetable that's timetable.nyc you can find them on social media at timetable ny if you're interested in getting the bot as a restaurant get in touch with them if you are a consumer who doesn't like to wait get the get the app i want to thank robert gorino for coming back he's the ceo and head coach of five napkinburger.com you can find them at five napkinburger that's number five and if you want to hear more of his point of view, he was a guest on episode 118, which was with another very interesting app called the Gebney app. If you liked this show, come back and listen next week, Thursday at 11 a.m. We're here every week. If you miss the live broadcast, you can download it on demand on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. If you thought it was amazing, go to heritageradionetwork.org, click the beating heart, and, you know, throw us what you spent on, you know, coffee or pizza today. 
Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the mics hot. I'm Jennifer Leuzzi, the host and producer of Tech Bytes. David Tatashore is our engineer. Our theme song, Nomad, a CPU track, is by DJ Uptown Nico. We hope you liked it. It's the song that you're going to hear right about now. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.